0: Hi, this is Dr. David, and I want to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. And uh, it's actually pretty late tonight, I'm going to be honest with you. It is almost almost 8 o'clock, and I usually record a podcast uh, earlier than this, but, you know, it's a long day. Uh, Wednesdays can be long days. Mondays and Wednesdays tend to be long days for me. I usually kind of know that ahead of time. Thursdays and Fridays tend to be a little bit easier Saturdays can be long days as well. I usually have people scheduled all day on Saturdays um, because a lot of people want hypnosis sessions. They are powerful. They do work. um, But, you know, it's a lot easier and quieter to do them on Saturdays for me um, because there are fewer people. And if you're doing kind of hypnotic things where people kind of in and out of a trance state, It's a lot easier to do if you don't have to hear doors slamming and doors closing and file cabinets and, you know, things like that. So I tend to schedule a lot of hypnosis sessions on Saturdays and they fill up pretty quickly. Um, So, um, and I tend to do longer ones versus shorter ones because I just feel like they're more effective. Um, And that's, you know, kind of an ongoing kind of belief that I have about sessions. A lot of people and there are exceptions to this rule right just like every other generalization but a lot of people will come in and see a a life coach or a therapist or um a psychologist for shorter sessions like quick little in and outs i actually believe that you actually achieve more from longer sessions um that are less frequent rather than short little hits Um, where, in my opinion, you don't necessarily get a lot accomplished. You don't dig that deep. Um, So, uh, you know, I tend to embrace those. In my office now, um, people have more options in terms of the appointment length, the session length, and things like that. So if they want a 20-minute session, they can get it, or a 30-minute session, uh, or a 60-minute, or a 90-minute session. But I typically prefer to do longer, like 90-minute, And 120 minute sessions because I just think that there's so many insights that you get and insights that you'll have and kind of things that just kind of click in a two-hour period um, once a month or once every other month then you're gonna get from short little hits that are superficial right so that's the difference one difference one big huge difference between my practices and other practices is that I believe in, in in digging deep and going beneath the surface and not just talking about stuff. That's another big difference between my practice and a lot of practices, right? You can call it coaching, you can call it talk therapy, a lot of things. But honestly, people who come to my practice don't just talk about their problems. They actually solve them and move move past and through them, right? So that's a big difference. And I know a lot of times people ask me, "Well, what's the difference between going to you and going to you know um, a licensed psychologist?" Or a licensed therapist and things like that, and and I'll tell them, I'll I'll tell them, explain to them because of my background um, in you know consulting and forensic psychiatry and addiction psychiatry and just some of the different disciplines that I've studied and NLP and timeline therapy and hypnosis and hypnotherapy and just a lot of and studying Freud and Milton Erickson and people like that in my practice, you don't just talk about problems you actually solve them. And if that's what you're interested in doing, if you want to move past your challenges and dilemmas and obstacles in a healthy, holistic, natural way that doesn't involve addictive medications and allows you to grow stronger and braver and more courageous and be more resilient and be the best version of you, then come to my office. So without further ado, um, let's get to the topic at hand. So this is the third part on, um, the podcast episodes on boundaries. So welcome back. Uh, I've gotten really, really feedback, uh, about the first two episodes on boundaries. You can tell from the last one, the one that I recorded yesterday, uh, that I did make the decision to do this third episode, uh, which I'll also probably be sharing as soon as I finish. This will be a little bit shorter than the other ones, but I'm basically going to kind of wrap up The things that I've said about boundaries, right? And I'm just going to provide you with some nuggets that I think are really, really important because, you know, you can have a desire to set boundaries, but there's a way that you can do it, right? Just like there's a way that you do everything. You can say almost anything, but there's a way to say stuff and a way not to say stuff, especially if you want to achieve certain results, right? So, um, that's kind of the difference between using honey or using vinegar, right? Um... In terms of getting things right because you create boundaries to achieve a goal right the purpose of the boundary is to achieve a goal that goal is to have healthy relationships um, to control your time and to control your peace of mind those are the basic goals that you want to use boundaries to solve uh, and most of those goals, there aren't that many other ways that you can solve them other than using boundaries. You've got to create boundaries. Now, do people use things or other people to create boundaries? Absolutely. That's why people have secretaries. <laughs> and that's why people have administrative assistants. And that's why they have attorneys and, and you know, other things. But, you know, especially when dealing with friends and relatives and acquaintances and coworkers and neighbors and bosses and people you're in business with um people you have personal relationships with at some point you're going to have to create them yourself you're not you're not going to be able now you can express the boundaries using other people but you've got to create them yourself so that's the whole purpose of boundaries to give you some peace of mind to get you back your time and to allow people to uh have relationships with you in a healthy and respectful way so that's what this is all about right so With that, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, And basically, like I said, I'm wrapping up this concept of boundaries. Some of this information about boundaries, I've shared in other podcasts. uh, And I strongly recommend that if you haven't done so, check out the podcast episode on self-love and self-care. That one's really going to help you. And then the one on time management. I would also recommend that you check out at least one of the episodes that I did for Amerigroup Insurance on parenting and relationships. Those same nuggets that I give about life and about parenting and about relationships and family dynamics, you're going to apply those to friendships and other things anyway. So those are concepts that you can use in a lot of different situations. So definitely tune into at least one of those episodes that I did for group insurance. I think there's three in all. There's the complete whole one. Uh, and then there's part one and part two that divides them up. Right. Um, so be sure to check those out. But let's jump into this kind of conclusion and wrap up on Boundaries, right? Um, and if you're tuning into this one, this episode first, be sure to check out the other ones or or skip this one and go straight to the first episode on Boundaries, right? I think that's episode 18. And then yesterday was episode 19. And today, this third part on Boundaries is episode 20, um, which is 20 episodes for this season. Wow. It's amazing what happens and what you can do when time flies uh, and you, 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 you're you dedicated to something and you commit to it, right? So, and that's part of what we're talking about with boundaries, right? It, it's, it's an expression of a commitment to yourself for self-love, self-care, and self-respect, right? So with that, let me just kind of go through some things. So number one, just as a reminder, The reason why you set boundaries is so you can have healthy relationships with other people, right? Relationships where they respect you, they respect your values, your principles, your ethics, and your beliefs, right? And boundaries allow us to have relationships with people who might not otherwise share the same beliefs, values, objectives, principles, um, and ethics that we do, right? That's another reason why we have laws, right? Laws are boundaries. Laws, um city ordinances statutes their boundaries right that's what laws are and they allow us all to live together peacefully right and boundaries are the things that you put in place so the government puts in place things to allow it to exist in a healthy way hopefully right not that every law works not that every city ordinance works not that every statute works or you know, a lot of laws don't work and a lot of laws aren't properly enforced, right? Just like all the boundaries that you create aren't going to be properly enforced, but it's better to have the boundary in place and not enforce it than to not have it in play at all, right? And be kind of caught flat footed, right? So boundaries, just like the government creates things, you've got to create things too. Um, if you want to have smooth operations in your life and, um, by setting those boundaries up you prevent yourself from having to repeat yourself over and over again right now if you enjoy repeating yourself over and over again and you know having deep conversations with people about things that you really would rather be using your time for other things then hey by all means don't create any boundaries But if you treasure and value your time and your energy and you want to spend more time relaxing and enjoying life rather than having conversations where you're having to explain to people the lines that they shouldn't be crossing, then that's up to you, right? Um, I tend to work a lot, as you can see. I'm recording a podcast here at 8 p.m. And, you know, I have busy practices. Uh, I'm growing. My practices are growing. And I'm trying to do a lot of things. And I help people. And I don't have all the time in the world like some people do um so because of that i do have to create boundaries all the time but i would urge you to do something too because time is your greatest commodity or it can be your worst liability it's up to you how you use it right let's review um the seven basic types of boundaries right um and also you know just kind of repeat again our bodies are boundaries right our cells are boundaries. The individual units of our body, those are called cells, they are boundaries, right? And each cell has like a cell wall and things like that, right? There's a reason why. So, s- boundaries aren't just artificial creations, right? Um, you know, planets have boundaries. Um, physical bodies have boundaries. Uh, and we have boundaries. So, you are a boundary <laughs> between your consciousness and who you are as a person and somebody else, Right? Uh, Even though collectively we're a culture or we're different cultures, but we have boundaries, right? Just like states do and continents do and countries do and counties do and parcels of land do and everything else. Bank accounts. You don't want there to be no boundary between your bank account and somebody else's, right? Now, maybe if that person's a billionaire and you're poor, (laughs) maybe you do want an accident at the bank that (laughs) combines your account with Theirs, but you wouldn't want the opposite to be true. You know, if you're doing okay, you've worked hard. You don't want the boundary between your bank account to be meshed with somebody else's, who's who throws away all their money. That, you don't want that, right? So that's why boundaries exist. You don't want you don't want a lack of boundaries between your financial accounts and somebody else's, uh, and you don't want a lack of boundaries between your um a, a, a lack of boundaries between what you do personally and professionally, right? You want boundaries. You want rules. Um, The seven types of boundaries, physical boundaries, right, those exist between land masses and properties and parcels of land and airspace and uh, planets and all those types of things. And even particles, right, particles, particles like electrons and neutrons and protons, all those things that you study in chemistry and physics, right? Probably more chemistry than physics, Uh, but even particles have boundaries, right? Uh, They give off forces. Uh, Sexual boundaries. You definitely want boundaries about sex. You don't want to have sex with everybody. You don't want everybody having sex with you. You don't want to. From a practical standpoint, I'll just say this kind of about sexual boundaries. And those keep changing as our culture changes. But here's one of the reasons why you want sexual boundaries, right? You don't want to be having sex with everybody. Uh, Even if you could afford, even if, let's say you're, I don't know, let's say you're having sex with a lot of people and you use condoms right you can still catch certain things even if you use a condom right people know that right there's there's things that you can catch even if you use a condom um and even if you're using like for instance prep to prevent hiv but you're not using condoms there are a million other things you can catch if you're not using a condom so just think about some of that stuff right a condom is a boundary (laughs) that's why they exist it's a boundary between your body and somebody else's body. It's it's a, it's a thin boundary, but it is a boundary, right? Uh, but, you know, the other thing about it is if you're having sex with a lot of different people, uh, it depends on how you're built. If you're one of these emotionless people who doesn't feel a lot are detached from other people, don't have a lot of boundaries, things like that, then, yeah, maybe you could go around having sex with a whole lot of people. But that's complicated. I mean, look at the stuff in the news about, um, you know, look at the stuff in the news about um, a a rather popular artist and comedian and kind of uh, social media person who's always in the news about the number of kids that he has. I mean, can you imagine, just think about it from a practical standpoint, even if you could afford to have 20 kids. Can you imagine what it would be a, 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 like as a parent to try to spend time with 30 kids or 20 kids or 40 kids? There was some guy, I can't remember what state, like Mississippi, Tennessee, maybe it was Tennessee um, or Louisiana or somewhere. I think it was Tennessee, though. I could be wrong. Um, and he worked a minimum wage wage job, I think at, like at a Pizza Hut or a KFC or something. And he had like 40-something kids. And I think the guy went to prison a couple of times because he couldn't pay child support. Well, you know, if you're working a minimum wage job, you got 42 kids. How are you going to pay child support? You can't. How are you going to even spend time with 42 kids? Actually, (laughs) when that story came out, sorry about that. These are my little notifications um, that I need to turn down. But no, uh, even, even in terms of time... You know, I thought about that and I said, well, you know, what if this guy sincerely wants to spend time with his 42 or 40? 40, it's probably 50 by now. But if he, if he wants to spend time with 40 kids, how would he divide up his time in a week or a day? I, I mean, I just the numbers that I came up with were just ridiculous. When you subtract out time to eat, um, trying to sleep and time to work and you take what's left and divide it by 40, you're not left with a lot. Right. So. Anyway, I don't want to get on a huge tangent about having kids and things like that, but I'm just saying there's a practical standpoint to it. Whether you're having kids or whether you're having sex, the greater quantity is not better, right? You want a lower quantity and a higher quality. That's And that's a big thing that I think that people miss out on relationships and things like that. You want higher quality relationships with a fewer number of people rather than low-quality, superficial relationships with a huge quantity of people. Quality always beats out quantity 100% of the time, right? So that's just kind of an expression of that principle. But, you know, basically, if you're having sex with a lot of people, you don't have any sexual boundaries, uh, sooner or later, you're going to end up with something, uh, and that's not going to be fun. Uh, and if you're having sex with a lot of people, whoever passed it on to you, you're going to pass it on to somebody else. So it's just something to think of from a practical standpoint. The next thing, <laughs> emotional and mental boundaries, right? You definitely want to have boundaries around what you allow yourself to feel emotionally, what you allow other people to cause you to feel, and you know what you think, right? Um, and so, especially with what I mentioned During yesterday's podcast, there are people who are emotional vampires and they will seek you out like nobody's business. Um, Like, like the lady that I mentioned um, in yesterday's podcast. I mean, she sought me out. She really did. She honed in on it just like that. And she wasn't a bad person. And I feel for her for some of the medical things that she expressed and some things about what's going on with some of her relatives. But I'm off duty, you know, when I'm, when I'm out socializing with friends or, you know, having a cocktail or having dinner or at a social event, I don't, I'm not giving therapy sessions. That that's my boundary, right? I do that all day. (laughs) I don't want to do it again in my off time, you know, uh, you know, especially, you know, that's my time. Um, so you want to have emotional and mental boundaries with everybody, with relatives too, right? Right. Spiritual and religious boundaries, you definitely want those, right? You don't want to be affiliated with every uh, religious group. You want to be careful about your religious affiliations. You definitely don't want to be associated with people who who are violent uh, or you know, angry all the time, even then. And that's, for me, that's an emotional and a spiritual boundary. I don't want to be around somebody who's angry all the time. If they're if, if they have you know if they're upsets every once in a while here or there no big deal but if you're angry all the time like honestly I don't want to be around you I, that's my boundary right that's me protecting my energy that's me expressing self-care and self-love um And you know and the thing about it too is uh you know you want to take responsibility for what you believe um, what you take into your spirit, what you give off, things like that. you don't want it to be by accident you want it to be planned, and strategic, right? Aligned with your purpose and your values and your beliefs and your principles and your ethics. Financial and material boundaries—you definitely want to have those. Otherwise, you're going to be surrounded by people who always want to borrow money from you. And um, you know, and it's funny because I had a, a couple of clients who recently had sessions that I spoke to that them about that very concept. And I was like, you you've got to put some boundaries, um, uh, around money and spending, and. Those types of things. You also don't want to be a crutch for somebody, right? You want to help somebody, but you don't want to be a crutch for them, right? Um, And I'll probably do a future uh, episode about kind of addictive behaviors. Some people are addicted to helping other people because of what they get in return. They're getting something out of it or they wouldn't do it. Other people are addicted to using and manipulating other people, right? Those are addictive behaviors, and just like with every other addiction um, that you're talking about, there are people who activate you and people who enable you. And if that's the case, then you've got to deal with that too, right? If you've got enablers, people who enable you to indulge in certain things that aren't good for you, you know, you've got to deal with that and come up with a strategy for dealing with that or mitigating that, including staying away from them for a certain amount of time. The same the same thing you have to do with people who are activators, right? So they're enablers and activators, and you got to recognize them and build boundaries around them. The next one is boundaries of time, right? And time is one of those things that just kind of transcends everything else, just like emotional, right? Time is our greatest resource, and it's something that we all have, right? It's not like you're talking about, you know, um, Van Gogh paintings or mansions or you know, CEO positions or Bentleys and things like that. Things that only a few people have. Most people have some time. And if you don't have those other things, then time is your greatest asset, whether you realize it or not. So that means you need to have more boundaries about time than anything else. And actually, conversely, it seems to be an inverse relationship between time and money. So a lot of people who have a lot of money don't have a lot of time, right? Because they have to manage the money and all the things that go along with having it and creating it. If they're in the creation stage of of creating wealth and assets, the opposite is true for other people. A lot of people have a ton of time on their hands, but no money, right? And if that's the case for you, then you definitely need to create a lot of boundaries about your time and you better be using your time to build what you don't have and create it, right? And then the last category of boundaries that I talked about in part one and part two is non-negotiable Boundaries, and those are just the lines that n- people cannot cross, period. Um, non-negotiable boundaries, a lot of those are things that are already enshrined in law. They're considered sins or, or deadly sins or, or you know, seven cardinal vices, right? And I mentioned that, I think, during either the, uh, the first part or part two. I can't remember which one, but I talked about the whole concept of the seven cardinal vices virtues and the seven cardinal vices right the virtues are the things that you want to uh ascribe right those are the things you want to show and display and express and encompass um and then the vices are just the opposite those are the things you want to stay away from avoid not become and you know maybe even espouse to some degree but you definitely don't want those to become who you are right or to represent you Um, But there should be some other non-negotiable boundaries that you have, right? And and it's up to you to create those. I would urge, and then I'll kind of jump into kind of the summary that I recommend in terms of creating, um, creating, uh, expressing and enforcing boundaries. But one of the things that you should definitely do is if you have boundaries uh, that you need to create, write them down, right? You're you're probably going to have a conversation with the person you need to express that to, but write it down. And when you write it down, it's going to make you think about it and you're going to be more exacting. That's why legal contracts exist, right, to be specific about things. And that's why putting things in writing makes a big difference. Because once you write it down, it starts the processes of other areas of your brain working, right, the visual, kinesthetic, other parts of your brain. And you're going to start thinking about that piece of information that you wrote down differently. And that's why some people, when they study, they make notes, Right. Because they're using other parts of their brain to help them to work through the information and formulate it and synthesize it and recall it, too. Right. So those are the seven types of boundaries. And like I said, you know, the most important that you should start with are boundaries, the non-negotiable boundaries that you have, the emotional and mental boundaries that you have, and then the time boundaries. Right. And then everything else can come from that. Right. Or from those. So let's kind of move on. I'm going to kind of summarize Kind of my approach or what I recommend to you, this is kind of the golden nuggets of boundaries that I recommend that you use um, and you can use them in a way that works for you. Everybody creates and um, expresses and enforces boundaries in a slightly different way. Uh, and I'm not saying my way is the right way or the wrong way. I'm just saying it's a good guide and then you can craft what works for you. It's the same thing about you know running a household or a kitchen or a business or anything else. Right. If you look at successful businesses across the country, the people who run those businesses run them vastly differently. And what would work at one company would not work at a different company, right? Um, the first person that comes to mind uh, that I think of when I think of something like that is Steve Jobs, right? Even though I didn't personally know Steve Jobs, there's a lot in the news about the kind of person he was to work with and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people have different um opinions about what it was like to work for Steve Jobs. Um, I don't know that. Uh, I wish I had had an opportunity to meet Steve Jobs. I can only imagine how much I'd learned. I'd loved computers. So it would have been great if I actually could have worked for for Steve Jobs or worked for Apple. But, you know, having said that, some of the things that Steve Jobs did to make Apple a great company may not have worked at Microsoft or may not have worked at Unix, or may not have worked at, um, you know, IBM, or somewhere else, or Google, or right? So, different leaders use different leadership styles, and they use different styles, but every leader has to create boundaries, right? Um, that's why there are different departments, and different divisions in companies. And when one company, I mean, one division or department leaps into another one's territory, then they have issues, Right. That's because of the establishment of boundaries or you can have an open space where everybody's doing everything and then everybody's going to be crossing boundaries all the time and it's going to be really confusing that's why even companies that start out small as they grow they eventually have to have different divisions and departments otherwise everybody is everywhere and there are no boundaries and you have chaos right um but let me just kind of provide kind of a summary for creating expressing and enforcing boundaries right and i'm just going to frame this You're generally going to be creating, expressing, and enforcing boundaries with people, friends, relatives, acquaintances, coworkers, supervisors, bosses, neighbors, strangers, and organizations, right? And a nice way of putting all that stuff into one uh, kind of group or category is stakeholders, right? The people who are stakeholders in your lives. Um, the people who have a stake in your well-being the people who can influence you or the people who you influence those are called stakeholders that's what you you know if you're from a corporate environment that's what you call stakeholders right um and so those are the the individuals the the groups the people that you'll be using boundaries with right to make your life easier and happier and more joyous joyous and things like that right So these are some basic concepts, but I'm going to go present 11 of them. I'll try to get through it as quickly as possible, right? So number one, the whole, the the first thing that you want to do is whatever you're expressing a boundary about, whether it's your time, your energy, your money, or your effort, you want to account for that commodity, right? So if I want to express a boundary with somebody about my time, then I need to account for my time. It helps me to create a boundary about time if I know that I only have 24 hours in a day, right? Now, if I have... I need to know the amount that I'm beginning with, right? So whether you're talking about money or time or whatever, you know, quantity or quality of something, you want to know what you're talking about, right? And if it's hours, then you're talking about 24 hours in a day. You also want to set, and and I'll just, let me say this too, before I kind of divide it up. A lot of people, when they think about their time, they they misappropriate or misallocate it because they think of their time as having 24 hours in a day, okay? Let me simplify that for you real quick. You do not have 24 hours in a day, right? Uh, Right? Because... Eight hours are already gone to sleep, so you're not starting with 24. You subtract out the eight for sleep, and then you're down to about 16, right? When you, and and I would strongly recommend that you check out my episode about time and time management, where I talk more about this, right? So you start off with 24. You subtract out about eight, or give or take an hour or two, depending on how much sleep you need, but uh, you subtract out the eight for sleep. That leaves you with 16, right? After that, then you've got to take out time for eating, going to the bathroom, maybe commuting, cooking, making food, other other kind of things like that, right? So then you're going to subtract out another two or three hours, right? So you were at 24, then you took off sleep, and you were at 16. Now you've taken off about three Probably about three more hours, depending on how much time you eat, used to eat and go to the bathroom and travel and things like that, right? So now you're down to about, let's say, 13 hours, or we could say 12, right? After that, the 12 hours, then you've got work, right? I don't know how much you work. I know how much I do. Um, It tends to be, you know, it depends, but sometimes it's eight hours a day. Uh, Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 12, but let's just go with eight, Right. So you've got 12 hours now. You subtract out another eight. That leaves you four other hours left. Right. And those other hours that you have left might be involved in all kinds of things. Right. You might have some more commute to do. You might have conversations. Replying to emails and returning phone calls takes up a lot of my time. So when you divvy up your time, make sure you subtract out the stuff that you have already given uh, up. Right the time that's already been dedicated to something else. So that way you're starting out at a a reasonable place in terms of how much time you have left. You can't start with 24 because that's not what you have. It's not helpful to you to start off with 24 hours. You're probably starting out more with three, four, five hours that you have available for somebody or some activity rather than 24, right? So just kind of be honest and authentic about the time, right? but you need to account for it whether it's your time, money, energy, effort, whatever, right? And even energy and effort you quantify. And like I said, that's why I have a session called 100 bucks to help people divvy that up. So if you're having time, if you're having trouble managing your time or your energy or your money or your effort or whatever, come to my office and we'll do that and we'll figure it out and we'll make it work for you. It's different for everybody. The second thing, create boundaries for yourself. One of the biggest reasons why people have trouble creating boundaries with other people is because in order to create a boundary for somebody else, you have to actually, um, you have to recognize that boundary yourself, right? So you can't ask somebody else not to do something and then go to them and initiate the same thing you asked them not to do. That's not fair to them. And they're going to recognize it. Trust me, they're going to have a radar that's on automatic pilot for you to ask for that one thing or initiate that conversation that you just said was off limits. Uh, I promise you they will. So you've got to create boundaries for yourself. You also have to go outside your comfort zones, right? Um, Because you're not used to exercising a boundary that you've never created. So you've got to create that boundary. You've got to express that to the other person in a polite, kind, thoughtful way and productive way, an effective way, right? Um, and then you're probably going to have to enforce that boundary in the future, right? Depending on the person and what the boundary is. So you're creating these boundaries for yourself, right? You're expressing them to other people, but just keep in mind, you're creating that boundary for yourself, for your own peace of mind, etc. And you're expressing self-love and self-care and self-respect when you create that boundary, right? So that's what the boundary is all about. The boundary is about loving yourself, caring for yourself, and respecting yourself. That's what the boundary is for, right? You need boundaries in order to do that. Number three, and, and I mentioned this earlier, but it's important. Put the boundary in writing. Write it down. Write it in an email. Put it in a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Put it in Microsoft Word. I don't care what you do. Write it down or write it down in hand. Put it in journal. Put it in a journal. Keep a journal. Journals are really good for that. But by actually writing it down, you're going to be using different parts of your brain that are going to allow you to be more creative about the boundary and more honest and authentic about the solution. Right. Uh, Because the boundary is, is, is the boundary is the line in the sand that nobody can cross. And then the solution is tied to the boundary that you're going to express to somebody else. Right. So by writing it down, you might think and go, oh, you know what, some other part of your your brain is going to click in and you're going to go, you know what, uh, I know how that person is. Let me do it this way instead of that way. So that's why a journal, writing stuff down in a journal is really, really good because you're using the kinesthetic part of your brain. You're using the visual part of your brain. You're using the left side of your brain. Um, you're using a bunch of parts of your brain that are going to help you come to a good solution. And that's why I recommend that people get a journal and use it and write in it, right? Draw pictures, write sentences, put bullet points, whatever, but that's going to help you. The next thing, express the boundary verbally and or in writing to the other party, right? And that way, nobody has to guess. Now, I recommend that people do it in writing, right? You can express it verbally, but the problem is, is people, people, you say one thing and people hear something else, right? And here's the thing. You are doing something you've never done before. You are giving yourself a chance to to screw it up if you do it verbally. Now, what you should do, I recommend, is do both. Right? You don't have to choose between one or the other. Express the boundary verbally, and then also putting it put it in writing. Right? So do it both ways. That way, they've got two ways that they know what you're trying to express to them. Right? They know what you said to them, and they know what's in writing. And try to make those two match. If you write out the boundary that you want to express to the other person in writing ahead of time before you express it to them, you know that the boundary that you're expressing is going to match the boundary that you put in writing, right? And that way, you don't have a situation where the person comes back and goes, well, no, you said this, not that, right? Well, if you put it in writing, you don't have to worry about that. Everybody's on the same page unless they can't read, right? And that's a whole different set of... (laughs) circumstances right Uh, so put it in writing say it to them and put it in writing and say to them what you've put in writing and that way there's no confusion about it that's the last thing you want to do is create more confusion with a boundary that you've set right number five realize that in many instances instances the boundary that you've expressed to somebody else will need to be reverberated re-expressed or reformulated right or reinforced so just know the boundary is the starting point that is not necessarily where it'll it'll end and you're gonna have some people who are gonna cross your boundaries they're gonna cross or press them they'll come up right to the line and press it and that's what people do right uh when there's a border right that's what a boundary is it's a border it's a line in the sand um and or a law right and people do that all the time with driving and everything else people generally expect when they're driving on the highway when the speed limits 70 that they can go 80 or 79 or 81 or 82 right but people usually push it they'll go 85 and 86 and 87 things like that right um, I'm not criticizing those people I'm just saying that it's not unusual for people to push boundaries regardless of what boundary you're talking about right so if you tell your if the if you set a boundary for your kids that they need to be in bed by eight o'clock they're gonna press it right? What about 810, 815? They're going to press it, right? That's what people do with boundaries. So one of the things that you can do so that you're not disappointed is expect that somebody's going to press your boundaries. Expect it up front. Don't be shocked by it. That way you're setting up expectations that are realistic. Just expect that after you set a boundary, you're going to have to reformulate it or re-express it or re-exert it um or reinforce it. That's just the nature of humans, right? That's just how we work. The next thing, number 6. Gently express your boundaries ahead of time in a healthy, polite and constructive way, right? And that goes with kind of delivery, right? It's not always the message, it's how it's delivered, right? So just realize that you know, usually if somebody's crossing your boundaries or or putting on the on the line It's probably because their boundaries are different from yours. Their values or their beliefs, their principles might be different from yours. And that doesn't always make them a bad person. It just means they're different from you. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't bad people out there who are breaking your boundaries or pressing your boundaries and and know that they're doing that. Those people are out there, too. But a lot of people who are crossing your boundaries, they just don't have any. Right. And that's, you know, that's just on them. They've never had to have any for whatever reason. So just realize Um, that the way that you express your boundaries to people makes a big difference. And if you do it in a healthy, polite, constructive way, not only is that going to make it more likely that the person respects you, it's going to make it easier for you to create that boundary for that person to reformulate it if needed later on and to create boundaries with other people, right? And it's going to keep you in check. That way you're not being mean, right? Um, The next thing, number seven, let people know, uh politely but firmly that they've crossed they've come to or crossed a boundary right so if somebody's getting close to the line or they're they've crossed the line or about to cross the line let them know politely and firmly you know there's a there you can be per, firm and polite and courteous and at the same time right um that's called having tact right you can be firm and polite at the same time that's called being tactful Um, So that's part of what you want to do. Number eight, you want to give the other person options after they've crossed your boundary. But the ball is in their court and also give them options that respect your boundaries, right? So after somebody's crossed a boundary, you want to give them options. Well, you know, we can do it this way. We can do it that way. We can do it this way. Which of those ways you think thinks which one of those ways do you think works for you? Right. Put the ball back in their court and give them options, options that reformulate how they need to respect your boundaries. Right. Um, honestly, if you've got to give somebody bad news or news that they don't necessarily are going to be receptive to, the best thing you can do is give them some options. Now, don't give them an option to recross the boundary. Right. Don't allow one of the options that you provide them to be something that puts you in a situation where they're going to cross the boundary again. Right. That just doesn't make sense. Right? Um, You know, if you if, if you if you're if you buy your car, your, your kid, a car and you know that your kid likes excitement and pressing limits and things like that. And, you know, they do that with the car and wreck the car. Don't go out and buy them a faster car. That just doesn't make any sense. Right. You're just setting them up to fail and you're setting yourself up to to have to deal with that failure. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Number nine, know that creating, expressing and asserting boundaries will cause you to have to move your current comfort zones. Right. And that goes back to what I said earlier. The reason why one of the biggest reasons why people don't want to create boundaries is because it, it forces you to go beyond your converse, your comfort zones, which means you're going to have to have conversations that you don't really want to have. But hey, just like the other person has to grow to respect your boundaries, you have to grow too. So now you kind of get a sense of what they're going to feel, right? So just know that the discomfort that you feel is similar to the discomfort that they're going to feel, right? That should allow you to be a little bit more empathetic, um, and, um, empathetic and, you know, just kind of nurturing and, and considerate in how you deliver the message, right? The next thing. Um, number 10, know that the, the, that the ability to create, express, and exercise boundaries, just like any other mental muscle or habit or activity requires patience, practice, time, and repetition, right? And that's another kind of expectations game. That's what I call it anyway. Don't set yourself up to fail by thinking that things are going to be perfect after you draw this line in the sand. They're not going to be. The person is not going to like the boundary. They probably may not respect it fully. They're going to be, you know, I don't know if agitated's the right word. They're going to be irritated, right? Because they're not getting what they want or what you've been giving them is, is the better way to phrase it. The boundary that you set is either you letting them know that they're not going to get something that they want, Or something that you've already been giving them all along so in a sense you're kind of taking something away and people that tends to irritate people right um and you know but you've got to do it you've got to stand up for yourself but just know that it requires patience practice time and repetition and you're going to get better at setting boundaries with people the the more often um that you do it right so it requires patience. You're not going to be the best thing at it at first. It's going to require practice and experience. That's probably the best word that I could use. Uh, So anything that requires patience, practice, time, and repetition, to me, those ingredients spell the word experience, right? So basically, you're going to acquire experience as you learn to create boundaries, right? And a lot of those things, you're going to have to reformulate and and re-express and reinforce that's one of the reasons why it's so important to put the boundary in writing, right? That way it's it's set in stone and you know. And if you want to change it from there, you can change it later on based off of ongoing circumstances. But if it's in writing, that way you know. Um, and then I'm just going to wrap up with this. One of the biggest things to think about, because there's so many obstacles to the creation and expression and enforcement of boundaries, but just know what the stakes are. Right? That's the most important thing. Why are you doing this? Why? Right? Why are you creating this boundary? Right. And let me just name those off for you. And I'm not gonna name all of them, but I'm gonna name off a lot of them, right? You are gaining um you're gaining a lot of things by creating, exercising, and enforcing boundaries. Some of those things that you're gaining in cre- include calm, a sense of calm, peace of mind, joy/enjoyment, happiness, tranquility, serenity, relaxation, rejuvenation, time to reboot, restart and reinvigorate, rest, stability. Comfort and self-love and self-care. And the last thing, or probably the most important thing to a lot of people, is respect. Right? Even if people don't like you, they'll respect you. Right? Now, that doesn't mean you have to be mean or or cruel or vicious or, you know, bullying or things like that in order to gain respect. But you do want people to respect you. You don't want people who to run over you all the time. Right? But let me just go down that list again. This is what you get in life by creating boundaries with people um, and organizations. Calm, peace of mind, enjoyment, happiness, tranquility, serenity, relaxation, rejuvenation, time to reboot, restart, and revigorate, rest, stability, comfort, self-love, and self-care, and respect. And you know what else you're going to get from all that thing? All those things, although this should not be the goal, you're going to get money, okay? You're going to get money because that's going to prevent a lot of things from happening that are going to take away your time and your money, right? So you're also going to get money from it. So just keep those things in mind, right? Uh, With that, I'm going to wrap up. Thank you so much for joining me on this three-part series on boundaries. Now I kind of understand why I kind of procrastinated or put off doing this podcast, but hey, now it's done. And there are three parts, three separate uh, episodes that are, you know, together one episode that talk about boundaries and they're going to aid you in creating boundaries. If you have trouble creating boundaries, schedule an appointment in my office, right? Here's another deeper thing to think about it. If you have trouble creating boundaries, then there maybe there's something in you that you need to work out in my office right or somewhere but you can work certainly work it out in my office a lot of times when people have trouble creating boundaries it's because they want to be liked by everyone and that sounds like a good thing to have nobody wants to necessarily be disliked but I would rather be respected by everybody than just liked by everyone and sometimes you can have both both of those but not always right and if I had to choose I'd rather have the respect right? Then necessarily to be liked by everyone because people who are usually liked by everyone also get run over and manipulated, right? But people who are respected by everyone, they don't. Right? So at the end of the day, that's part of what you want. You want self-love, self-care and self-respect. And by creating boundaries, um, you're going to do that. The other thing about it is boundaries is just like anything else. Once you've done it a few times, you're going to get really good at it and it's going to be easy. Is it going to be hard at first? Yeah. But so is learning to ride a bike or learning to drive a car or making lasagna the first couple of times you're going to mess up. And that's okay, Right. That's part of the reason why it's good to put stuff like that in writing. Right. And I do that all the time. If I need to know something or something needs to be not forgotten or remembered in the future or noted in the future, I write it down. I write it down on my computer, I email it to myself, I put it on a posting note, I type it up in Microsoft Word, I make a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet, whatever I need to do, I do it, I put it in writing. But once you create some boundaries a few times, you're going to be better and better at it, just like you're going to be better and better with anything else that you do. But your life is going to be so much easier, so much more effortless, so much um, more joyful, uh, happy, content tranquil, serene, calm, still, peaceful, and every other thing you can imagine once you start creating, expressing and enforcing boundaries with people, friends, relatives, acquaintances, coworkers, supervisors, bosses, neighbors, strangers and organizations. And here's here's the other thing, like I said, you're going to indirectly get respect from people and your pocketbook is going to be happier as well. And with that uh, I bid you good night. You take care. Bye-bye.